This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Oh, how is it week 18 already? I don't know, but it is. And there are games that are like playoff games this weekend, Joseph. It is. We're just right to business there. Right to business there. The big man's back. There's usually a certain level of foreplay to get the show started. Not with you today. Big Friday. No, what happened was I had to cough. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah, exactly. Start the show right back into it. Let's go. And I'm going to cough and I'm going to sneeze and I'm going to cough. And there we go. Wow, okay. So we really have picked up right where we left off. I was like, I'm Garland. not even at all prepared oh, for the beginning God. of this show. And then it turned out. Okay. Okay, good. It, the show's right back on track. We're right where we need to be. Exactly. Let's get not some enough lunch. and smooth. It's Carlin versus, <laughs> Carlin versus Joe ESPN radio, Sirius XM channel 80. Joseph, give me a second. Are you still holding a sneeze? Jeez. Well, no, just leave the mic on and let the people enjoy it as well. Do that to you? Feels like the people should enjoy that as well. (laughs) Oh my god! It's literally like I've never seen a body break down in the opening minute of a radio show before. Quite like that one. You all right? I'm tearing up for rubbing your eyes. Would you eat some jalapenos? What a debacle! Just take a few more days off. <laughs> That's from Evan. Evan thought that would be funny. Yeah. He's dying back yeah. there. Evan thought that would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I started Wednesday's show. It was like, all right, Carlin versus Joe. Joe Fornball and Ian Fitzsimmons. Carlin came back for one day, realized too much, too much for 2024. He's out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the transition back to, you know, working-ish. Right is just too much for me. Meanwhile, I I think from the microphone, just from the cover of the microphone, I have inhaled like some of it. Now it is lodged in my throat. Oh, my. And that's the issue. I've never seen anything like this. Okay. What a disaster. Do you have any water? Do you have anything to get you through? I've got nothing right now in front of me. I've got absolutely nothing. All right, so here's what I want you to do then. I want you to steady yourself. I want you to take a moment because this actually does lead into how we were going to begin this show. Yes, Your boy, me, getting destroyed on the social media, which is shocking because social media is normally a place where we come together, we share thoughts and ideas, we build as a culture. It took a radical turn, believe it or not, this week. Coming at me because yesterday I'm talking to Randy Scott and I'm telling him, look, I only got four teams that can win the Super Bowl. And I'm not doing this to get everyone all riled up. I don't see a lot of options out there. I don't think the Chiefs can win the Super Bowl. Sue me. They look like crap. I think if you factor in everything you saw last year and previously, you're going to be blinded to the fact that Kansas City could win this year. But if you just look at what they've done this year, they don't look good. Anyone see them lose to the stinking Raiders on Christmas Day on their home turf? They never lose to the Raiders on their home turf. And the Raiders came in and beat them up. So I don't have them on the list. People are outraged. I got four teams. San Francisco and Baltimore are there. No surprises. Of course. I got Buffalo on there. People are a little up in arms because they haven't qualified for the playoffs yet. People, it's called projecting. I'm projecting that they get into the playoffs. And number four got people mad because it was the Rams. And I believe the Rams are the most formidable threat to the Niners in the NFC. I don't think anyone else in the NFC can win. That's where I stand. People are very upset. Evan wanted me, Handman wanted me, to run that by you today to see how upset you are about it. I, I, I'm not going to say. Upset. By the way, by I the way, before you jump in, by the way, did I buy you enough time there? How you feel? Oh my God, professional! That was, a, that was a glorious 90 seconds you just gave me. I am on my A game. Set the big man up, <laughs> and now time for him to knock him down. Here we go. Exactly. I'm going to have some coffee. Enjoy yourself. Get ready. Sit tight. I'll see you next segment. <laughs> Here's the deal. Okay, I'm not shocked 
by your list. I'm I'm a little bit or 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 disappointed by your list even because I get where you're coming from and where you're coming from is a place of reason. Me personally never been comfortable with that. So, <laughs> I'm going to just sit here and tell you that I actually think there are five teams that can win the Super Bowl and there are a myriad of different reasons as to why this is the case. We completely agree. Ravens 49ers, I think we'd both say right now, that's the game we want. Yeah, let's move. We can move past that analysis. Right. We're well aware the Niners and the Ravens are Super Bowl contenders. I, I still believe the Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders. Mm, here we go. I still believe the Browns are actually Super Bowl contenders. Joe Flacco has the most playoff wins on the road in NFL history. So I have to account that for something. I still believe the Lions, as maddening as they are at times, are still Super Bowl contenders. But i got to go back to the Cowboys here. Here's the thing, Joe. In no way do I believe that Dallas is going to go to San Francisco and win. They will lose in San Francisco again, and they will likely get bombed again in San Francisco. This is not a revenge game, all that crap. Put it all away. Your revenge (laughs) bod is going to stay nice and fat. That's all it means to me. What I can tell you about the Dallas Cowboys is this. If they get lucky and somebody actually goes into San Francisco and stuns the 49ers, the Cowboys will be in the Super Bowl. I firmly believe that. Because I'm going to operate under the assumption here for a moment that they're the number two seed. Joe, I don't think anybody's going into Dallas and winning. I don't see that at all right now the way things are. And if that's the case, all they need, it's not all they need, but just in saying it, it minimizes it. But if you can catch a break, and somebody else could actually go into San Francisco and win, and you get that NFC Championship game at home, Cowboys can absolutely go to the Super Bowl and will. Well said. Well argued. I would bring up the fact that them needing luck in order to get to the Super Bowl is exactly why they are not a Super Bowl contender. Like, the Ravens are not a contender for the Super Bowl because they might have an easy path or because of some other reason. They are offensively and defensively in the top two in efficiency in both categories. They have an elite special teams unit led by Justin Tucker. They're well coached and their quarterback's going to win MVP. They have everything you want. You don't have to look at other teams to understand why the Ravens could go to the Super Bowl. But the point that you're making that Dallas can get there if they get lucky and someone else takes care of the Niners, that is part of the reason as to why I don't see Dallas getting there. Four key problems for the Cowboys right now. Number one, one dimensional on offense. They can't run the ball. Number two, defensively, they're not all that great. They're not a terrible defense, but it's not like they're a championship defense. Number three, they can't win on the road, which, you know, not a problem based in your scenario, but they would have to go to a non Dallas venue to play in the Super Bowl. And we're talking about Super Bowl contenders winning the Super Bowl here. You'd have to go to Vegas and win, which is not home. And then number four, and this is the biggest one, Mike McCarthy who once again we'd be crushing McCarthy if Dan Campbell didn't bail him out at the end of that game last week. We'd be crushing him throwing three times like that. So I just do not trust McCarthy. He does not show me that he has learned from any of his previous game management mistakes. That will rear its ugly head. The inability to run the ball will rear its ugly head. Defense will rear its ugly head. On the road will rear its ugly head. 
I want to hear a little bit from McCarthy on this week against Washington and the need to win this game. We have a lot to play for, and it's important for us to make sure that we go down there and uh, you know win this game and, and do it the right way. You know, in a lot of ways, the playoffs. You know, everybody's been fighting these last couple of weeks, and the games have been incredible. And I think we're definitely lined up for another great Sunday. I, I think that against the Commanders this- is that what he's talking about? Great Sunday against the Commanders. Great Sunday in terms of finishing with the number two. Finishing seat. strong, yeah. That yes. okay, I agree with that. Yes. Yeah, it's it's not. You better hope it's not a great great game against the Commanders. You I like the thirteen hope. there. I'll tell you, I like the thirteen. More on that later in the show. Well, I, that's not a that's not the worst thing in the world. But um, <laughs> sidetracked to your point. Cowboys eight no at home, plus ten turnover differential, scoring thirty seven points a game at home. Yeah. On the road, they're three and five, negative point differential, negative turnover margin. They're a much different team. I have seen too many times before in the playoffs, teams that we felt like were unbeatable teams as the number one seed get basically two weeks off like we're going to see the 49ers and the Ravens have right now and come back and be rusty and not be the right, and the next thing you know, you blink and it's over. And that's why I can't rule it out, even though the 49ers look like, I think, the overall best team that there is. If I were the Cowboys, I'm good with most of the matchups that I would potentially have in the postseason, except for San Francisco. I'll take anybody else in my building And if I have to go out there and win, I'm in big, big trouble. But is there anybody else that you look at with Dallas that you would truly fear going into Dallas to try to win? Fear, no. I think they'd have the edge on everybody. Well, but to your point, though, I will bring up the Rams because you feel like the Rams are one of those teams. And the Rams, you know, Carson Wentz starting this weekend, Rams end up as that number seven team. That's where they're going. And had the rest of my sentence been allowed to reach completion, we would have gotten to that point. And yet very excited about the Rams there. Yeah, it'd be the Rams. That would be the team. We saw them earlier in the season with the Rams going to Dallas, getting rolled. But you know as well as anyone, the Rams were rolling into that game in a tight spot. Dallas was coming off a bye week. Dallas was at home. The Rams stumbled a bit during the practice that week. It wasn't a great week of practice. Things of that nature. All that stuff. They got crushed in that game. I The Rams checked two very important boxes. Great head coach, great quarterback. I'm never going to dismiss that. And they're coming in hot. And I'm not a huge believer in momentum, but everyone that's played the game continuously tells me that if you are playing your best football this time of year, it's exactly where you want to be when you get to the playoffs. And they're playing some great football right now. Carson Wentz starting this weekend is just, by the way, delightful. Wentz versus (laughs) Sam Darnold. We got some great matchups this weekend. I love the fact that you like the Browns. I love it. I, I, I'm an Eagle fan. I want to see the Browns win the Super Bowl. That's my team for the playoffs. I'm rooting for the Browns. Yeah. Listen, the Browns' defense is excellent when they're at home. But I, I, I believe in them to be able to do enough to really, truly be a contender. Uh, just a, a step back behind the curtain for a second. Boy, that was a bumpy road for the first 10 minutes, huh? You doing all right? 
I'm fine. You got I, it? I feel okay. like a hundred dollars. I feel it's good. Been... It's a lot of energy though. I like the fact that there's so much energy coming out. We may be sneezing and coughing, but right. you know what? That that makes You're us relatable. Gonna get the best of it. <laughs> yeah, we're the common man. We relate the common man. The common they all relate to us. Everyone relates to us. We want you to be a part of the Carlin versus Joe Nation on the Dr Pepper call in line eight 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 say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six ESPN Nation is presented by Dr Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, just getting the ball rolling. Then there's the other side of the NFC East, and I am out on a team I have been riding all season long. It's one and done. It's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Okay, it's been a while to update the big week of bets, the nine bets we laid out when we were off. We went five and four, up eight-tenths of a unit. Feels like a lot of unnecessary stress for eight-tenths of a unit, but whatever. Overall, 115, 124, and two. We're down 20 units, so we really got to turn it around in 2024. And it begins right here with an organization that's going to turn it around. The Washington Commanders, plus 13 over the Cowboys. I want you to hear me out on this one. Right? Last week, the Niners were in Washington. They were laying 14. This week, the Cowboys are in Washington. They're laying 13. Do we really see the difference between the Niners and the Cowboys as one point? I don't see that, especially when we talk about the Cowboys playing on the road. Carlin talked about it in the last segment. They go from 37 points per game at home to 21 points per game on the road. They're 3-5 and five against the spread on the road. They're one-dimensional on offense. They can't run the ball. Look, they don't need style points here. Get in, win the game, get your starters out, you win the NFC East. Don't take any risks. Washington plus 13 over the Cowboys. Pizza money number one. 
whether it's a winning streak or a good time or a tough time, regardless of what it is, it takes constant communication to try and continue to build. And you know, that's exactly what we're doing. There's no magic to this. Like, hey, we do this or this or that. Like, if we if we knew exactly what it was these last couple weeks, we would have done that. So it's about going to work every single day. Despite everybody saying this or saying that, like, we worked there. And, and we know we are. And that's the only thing that matters, that we know. He know. You can say whatever you want to say. I think I've been pretty consistent in believing in the Eagles all season long, and I'm out. Oh, you're not even going to take it. Why not ride it into the playoffs? You might as nope. well get the payoff. Nope, 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 wow. nope. I prefer to get kicked squarely in the groin when they go on a run. Okay. Because I, I just, I hate what I see right now, and I hate what I hear more importantly right now. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh. And when I say I hate what I hear, I want you to listen to Hassan Reddick, who had this to say regarding the switch at defensive coordinator to Matt Patricia uh, just a few weeks ago. You know, it's, it's hard, man. It's, 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 it's hard. It's a hard thing to do, um, you know, but it's, 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 it's our job at the end of the day, you know, so there's no complaints about it. Um, but, yeah, it's, def- it's, it's definitely a hard thing, right? You, you spend so much time with one D.C. Uh, and, and learn, you know, a new D.C. at that at the beginning of the year and trying to learn everything that he wants us to do, his terminology, the, you know, the way that he calls things. Um, and and then, you know, towards the end of the season, we switch. Uh, but like I said, at the end of the day, it must get done. Um, that's what, you know, that's what the, the, the higher-ups here felt was needed to get done um, in order to try to make a change uh, and get some things corrected. So as players, you know, we, we got to go out there and do our best to perform. You know, I, I'm sorry. When I hear something like that, it tells me that, Whatever they have tried to do to fix the problem is not working. First of all, the numbers dictate that it's not working right now. But Hassan Reddick saying all of that and is also asked in part of it uh, along the lines of uh, what, you know, him being dropped back into coverage more lately as opposed to rushing the quarterback. He said, well, you know, that that's something for another time. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll deal with that then. But I'm willing to do whatever we have to do. It's very clear that. That kind of a move from Nick Sirianni was a bit of a panic move. And Matt Patricia can't fix anything. This defense is just not good. Across the board, Joe, what do I look at to make me believe that they can fix this? They are not getting to the quarterback nearly enough to cover up what's going on everywhere else. It's amazing when you look at four key elements I'm going to lay out from the Eagles season. And then listen to the punchline at the end of this. So this is an organization just this year. We're going to talk about their resume. Number one, early in the season, they had a wide receiver, a star wide receiver who was upset he wasn't getting the ball enough. Okay. Number two, this is a team that replaced its defensive coordinator during the season, made the switch to Matt Patricia, as we just talked about. Number three, we had the star quarterback come out and question everyone's commitment to the team. And then number four, you lost to the Arizona Cardinals. Those four things are not supposed to be on the resume of a team that's 11-5 and five going to the final week of the season. Nope. Right? Like, how shocking is it that they are 11-5 and five and they have all these resume indicators in the 2023 season 
of a team that looks like it might fire its head coach or a team that might be tanking for the number one pick, you don't hear about this stuff from contenders. You don't have upset wide receivers. You know what? Okay, fine. Maybe you do. But you also don't have the quarterback calling out the teammates for commitment issues. You don't make transitions to a coordinator. You don't lose to teams like Arizona. Like That's not the resume of a team that's 11-5, and and yet here they are at 11-5. and The Eagles, right now, their 2023 season can be summed up in one word, disorganized. They look like a disorganized outfit. From top to bottom, nobody can figure them out. I don't think they can figure themselves out. They have been disorganized from the start of the season. They're disorganized now, and disorganized is not the attribute of a team that makes a deep playoff run in this league. And they also have a player that I firmly believe is going to be a problem. That's A.J. Brown. It, it, he's kind of showed so far that he's going to be a problem. And, and this week when he's talking, Joe, it's kind of he's looking around like, what? Why am I the issue? Well, you've been complaining. You say that you kind of are the issue that way. You didn't want to speak to the media after you beat the Giants. Like you had a yeah. losing streak. You won a game. That's not when you get mad at the media. Like normally after a win, it's like, hey, everybody's excited. We're happy to talk to anyone, right? It's always easy to handle the wins. When you struggle to handle the wins, there's a problem there. I think we're headed for the start of a bit of a dark period for the Eagles. Like, not only could this fall apart quickly, but this is going to carry into next year. Because you've got an older team in some spots with Lane Johnson, with, uh, you know, Brandon Graham, with Jason Kelsey, with Fletcher Cox, where, yes, they have drafted well, and they're trying to, you know, improve beyond that. But I don't know that they're fully prepared for this to be a, a straightforward transition here. This feels like Nick Sirianni got them someplace in a big way year, what, year two for him? I don't know how much more beyond that we're going to get because I, he feels like a bit of a front-running coach to me. Is he a guy that's going to be able to, you know, not, not even rally the troops, kind of just get the mojo back to them? I don't know about that. I mean, we've seen a lot of good teams go through rough spots this year, and we've seen how their coaches have handled it. Uh, Kyle Shanahan had a rough spot early in the year in San Francisco. There were some head-scratching losses for the Ravens. We saw how John Harbaugh handled that. Mike Tomlin throughout the course of the year. But th- think about the guys you're all mentioning, there, right. right? But they're calm. Like, they handle the media well. Like, Sirianni got really testy with the media really testy with the media with some of these questions that weren't even tough questions. Like they're not handling the adversity. Well, now the counterpoint to what you're bringing up is that they went to the Super Bowl last year. They were right in that game and they came back off a Super Bowl loss and they're 11 and five and they're going back to the playoffs. A lot of teams that lose the Super Bowl come back the next year to have a much, much worse season than what we're seeing from the Eagles. So it's possible that this is going to be a down year compared to what happened last year and that they're going to go back to the drawing board and they're going to realize we got some issues at coordinator. We got some issues perhaps in the secondary and we got some issues with the way we handle our business. We need to make those changes and they could come back even stronger next year because again, if you believe in Jalen Hurts, at the very least, the Eagles have solved the most important question in professional football, which is do you have a franchise quarterback? I do believe in Jalen Hurts. I don't know that this is a five-year rebuild, but it feels like, put it this way, if they, they feel like a one-and-done team to me right now. Okay. They, they are lacking a lot of confidence, and you've got a lot of guys that are far down the line. You know? 
I, I, and, and a problematic wide receiver does not help in all of that. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 18, uh, Channel 80. Yes, it is week 18 in the NFL, and we've got one game with everything on the line in Houston on Monday. We'll get to that next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Panix plays well again next week against this really good Michigan defense. We may be, at the end of the day, late April, talking about a top 5 to 10 pick overall. All the NFL things that um, sometimes are difficult for players to make in that leap, Michael Penix did them in the highest profile for sure. So he'll get another chance, and I'd be surprised if what happened does not impact his draft stat. I love watching him play. And I can't wait for Monday night. I think this is going to be fascinating. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Series 6M. Channel 80 presented by Progressive Insurance. In studio with us right now, ESPN football analyst Sam Acho, who joined us. Sam, Chris, and Joe, we appreciate it, man. How you doing? I'm doing great and glad to be here with you all. It's good to hear people talk about Michael Penix Jr. in that fashion. We've been watching him for years playing this way. And mind you, Pac-12 football, so Pac-12 after dark. That's why people oh, didn't, yeah. people didn't know yep. about Christian McCaffrey. You don't need McCaffrey. to tell me about that. Yeah, yeah, you're, 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 <laughs> doing, you're, you're doing I'm the, staying up late grinding. Exactly. <laughs> but my, but to hear, I think that was uh, Dominique talking about there about him, to hear people finally see Michael Penix Jr., despite the injuries, not just hear about him, but to see him brings me great joy. Well, let's get into it. What matchup is most intriguing in the national championship game with Washington and Michigan to you? That's a great question, Carlin. I think the most... All and, right, let's not get ahead of ourselves. No, I think it's it, perfect. Question, I think uh, we it is. It's it an obvious question. It's an obvious Shout out to the producers who gave you that question. <laughs> um, shout out to... <laughs> we to got the, you can see the screen. Shout out to all the questions listed Yeah, all the producers. Couldn't have come up with that one on my own. Shout out to them for telling for feeding you the questions in your ear. No, but the reason I say... All jokes aside, the reason I say it's a great question is that... Surface level, you may say, well, it's Michigan run game versus Washington's defensive line. But you said most intriguing. Yeah. And for me, that word intriguing means something. What does it mean? Well, we know how great Washington receivers have been. Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan, 
and Roma Dunze are and have been outstanding. And arguably, the only reason I'd say arguably is because you could have said Texas had the best trio or group of receivers, pass catchers, but arguably the best group of pass catchers in all of college football. They were outstanding. Penix threw for 430. Open, whether they're wide open or contested catches, Washington's trio of receivers did it all. But what's intriguing about this matchup is Michigan has one of the best defenses in all of college football. And yes, their D-line gets pressure, which is, which was, which is what makes, this, makes it intriguing. But what's more intriguing for me is last week versus Alabama, remember Jalen Miller used to be one of the best deep ball throwers, or still is. That's all we heard about. It's like when people called him, oh, he's just a runner. No, no, no. He's got a great deep ball, they said. And they shut it down. Michigan shut it down. He was one for five on balls with 15 or 20 or more air yards. And if you go watch those five completions or incompletions, it was shut down, like game plan to a T. And so Michigan had an entire month to plan for Jalen Milrow, and they dominated him. He had his worst offensive performance. Statistically, what will they do against this trio of receivers that if Michael Penix Jr. plays in the way he plays, you would think, man, that's an easy win. But it's intriguing because that defense may not allow him to based off of the back end coverage and also the front end pressure. Sam Macho in studio, Carlin versus Joey ESPN Radio. Let's stay right there. One of the reasons and you, you talked about this, Michigan disrupted what Alabama and Jalen Miller wanted to do. The defensive line just feasted, feasted in that game. Washington O-line won the award for best offensive line in the country. So what is that matchup going to look like? Michigan's pressure unit versus Washington's protection unit. An even better question, Evan. You yeah. are doing an awesome job. No, that's feeding not them. on the list. No, that's no, a, that's, that's a, a, I improv. He, he just he, he gave it to you in your no, we have these, we have these, we have these headphones on, guys. It's improv. Yeah. I got a right, screenshot right of it. I'd also like to note one thing, too. I pulled a classic studio trick here knowing he was coming in. I raised my chair about three inches so I would look taller than him. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Classic, classic trick right there. So, uh, so the, re- another, the reason I say it's a great question, Joe, is that – how do I even say this? All right, did you lose track just because I was too busy screwing around here? No. Sometimes that'll happen. No. I guess the truth of the matter is Alabama early in the season had a bad offensive line. Yeah. Yes. Well, we knew Jalen Murrow for running the ball, throwing it deep and getting sacked. That's what happened early in the season. And then the offensive line got significantly better or so we thought. Jalen Murrow wasn't getting sacked as much later in the season. And then Michigan-Alabama happened. Then the Rose Bowl happened, and it was five sacks in the first half, six on the game. Michigan couldn't handle the movement. So you're thinking, okay, well, man, Michael Penix Jr. has no chance. Then you remember, like you said, no, 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 Michael Penix Jr. has the Joe Moore Award-winning offensive line, the best offensive line in college football. But to your point, Joe Fortenbaugh, (laughs) and to our producers who fed you the questions. But Michael Penix Jr. did get pressured a lot. He got pressured a lot last week. I mean, he has a good D-line. Yes, but he didn't get sacked. And what did Michael Penix Jr. do in the pocket? He slid to the left, slid to the right, did the electric slide, and he threw it down the field. (laughs) And so if, so why this is so intriguing, and you guys are, I mean, shout out producer, man, ESPN has the best producers in in the world. All Um, right. All right. right. But, But the reason it's intriguing is that, okay, yes, Michigan might get pressure. Even on this great offensive line. But Michael Penix Jr., not just last week, but all season long, has been evading pressure with his feet, slide to the left, slide to the right, and throwing it downfield. And so all of a sudden, okay, Michigan wins with pressure. No, they don't. Michael Penix Jr. evades. Michigan wins with their DBs. No, they don't. What if those receivers get open? Those are the things that will make this matchup really intriguing. Is there an actual weakness here? Aside from what you're saying, that we all take as strengths for Michigan. Is there a true weakness that can be taken advantage of with Michigan Sam. Yes. And the weakness is this. 
Well, okay, we're going to go there. Go deep. We haven't seen this year J.J. McCarthy do what he did last year. And when I say last year, I mean one game last year versus Ohio State where he went nuts. I mean, Ohio State tried to pressure him, played a lot of man. It didn't work. J.J. McCarthy was throwing it all over the yard. This year, the last half of the season, J.J. McCarthy's passing stats are pretty, pretty poor. Pedestrian. Pedestrian. Now you could argue, well, he didn't have to pass the ball. Correct. Remember against Penn State, they didn't. They they really. They, All right, easy. You're a Texas grad. Oh, I let yeah, that I go. I'm Penn State I grad. Forgot. Take it easy. I'm just saying stats. You got man. plenty of data points. He didn't. He, they, it was 32 straight runs. That's my data point. Didn't <laughs> attempt ridiculous. to pass in the second half. Really, they did. They attempted one pass, but it was a pass interference, so it doesn't count. So he didn't have to pass the ball against Ohio, against uh, Ohio State. They didn't really have to pass it. And so, what it, the weakness is this? What if JJ McCarthy has to pass it? And he and he and he. I can't even say it's a weakness because I think he can do it, but he hasn't shown it this last half of the season. Sam Macho joining us, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. My thought, I'm trying to figure out this total, okay? Total's going up a little bit. 55 points, it's up to 56 and a half, so we're seeing some over money. I'm not going to put you there, but I'm going to put you, I want to know the situation. If you're Michigan, my thought would be you want to feature a heavy dose of Blake Corum, keep Michael Penix on the sideline, grind the clock, control the tempo. That could lead to an under bet. I'm not going to ask you to pick over under, but is that Michigan's game plan coming in? You want to keep Penix on the sideline? It has to be, right? And apparently, not apparently, but You're not it was try to get no shootout with these. Of guys. course not, because Michigan. Let's say Michigan's down 17-0. Let's say Washington gets a, an early lead. Michigan's game plan has not and has never been yeah. to come from behind. It's always been to run out the clock, bl- feed and feed Blake Horn. Right? He's obviously a, a, a All American. He's on the All State AFCA Good Works team, like a good human being. Like this dude is like he, he, he had a speech. Last year, one of their basketball games, and he said, hey, hey, y'all, we're going to bring a national championship to Michigan. Like, this dude is Michigan. And so the game plan is and has been to feed Blake Corum, and that should be the game plan. The issue is, if Washington comes out to an early lead, a big lead, a significant lead, then what do you do? You have to lean on J.J. McCarthy, and he may have his, I mean, it's late, but his Heisman moment, right? Carlin, I'd like to point something out. Acho, for those who can't hear us, Acho, once again, looks fantastic today. The blue blazer always looks great between he, Lou Riddick, and Ryan Clark. I got him battling two, three, and four on the best dressed ESPN talent list. Who's one? Come on. Who? Your Don't boy. even. Who is your boy? That'd be me. With the with the polo with the like. This the, is the, the radio outfit. You see me I on mean, TV. I, I see some people on some screens, man. I'm looking. I'm looking up. I see ESPN radio. I see Carl and Joe. I'm just saying. I thought I was gonna be able to slip that one by. Now nah, you. Top, I'll put you in top five. Top five. Yeah. Who's the, who's your one? Oh, okay, good. Let's I like go ahead Ryan and burn Clark. Clark. I like yeah. Ryan Clark. RC, I'll put him at one. He's been going with the um, the what do they call it with the jacket where it comes yeah. all the way over? I don't know what it's called, but it looks good. It's very English. It's yeah. double breasted. Double breasted. There you go. So I like RC. There's the upset. Carlin knowing the answer to that. It's the upset. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shout out to the producers. Hey. Great job, Evan. <laughs> Let me tell double you. Double breasted. Speaking me, of this, this here, this entire body, this face. Was on television for eight years and paid the damn mortgage, boys. You man, settled no down. Man. You settled down. Was it talking about the Mets? <laughs> <laughs> Sam, great stuff, brother. <laughs> He's not even going to address it. Fantastic stuff is always. What did you say? I didn't hear it. Oh, I said, wasn't it talking about the Mets? Oh, it was. Amazing yeah. that the best dress of your life would be talking about Well, the nobody Mets. was watching anyway. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Let's get Joe, your top kidding. five. Your top five. That's very nice of you. You do dress well, but I mean, just today, you got to come consistently. Very casual. My yeah. coach, Mac Brown, you saw always say consistently good to be great. Yeah. You are, like, when you're dressed at your best, you are one of the best, if not the best. But the reason I have RC up there is that he's consistent. No matter when you see him, 
whether it's an Emmy Award or it's a different show, oh, yeah. he's always Award. top. You know what I mean? So you're, you're – I'm high ceiling, low floor. I was actually walking around a T-shirt today. People looked at me like, what's this? I'm exactly. like, look, I'm just trying to eat an apple, get some coffee, leave me alone. We can't afford that if you want to be number yeah, one. you got it. You're right. That's well said. T-shirt right better. there. High ceiling, low floor. High ceiling, low floor. We'll have, Carlin then, versus Joe. We'll high have, ceiling, low we'll floor. We'll have our producer send you some, some uh, clothing <laughs> out options. <laughs> Shout Sam Macho, ESPN football analyst. Great stuff, bro. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, Ravens, Niners, not the only teams, as I read off the screen from our producers, that clinched in week 17 and are now resting their starters. It's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. It's a team, man. It's a team. One guy can't do it. It takes all of us. ESPN Radio's Pick 'em Challenge. Well, it ain't just the 49ers and it ain't just the Baltimore Ravens who are resting their starters this week because they've already clinched anything. It's your boys, Carlin versus Joe, champions of the ESPN Radio Pick 'em. I take exception to the fact that you put the Ravens and the Niners in the same category as us. That's they haven't point. won anything yet. We're the champs. We don't even need to worry about week 18. Freddie and Harry, nice try. Yeah. And to everybody else. Yeah, it was a nice, gritty effort from the rest of you. But, I mean, your boys go, what are we? We were 66% against the number. Yeah. 66%. We are printing money. If you put us in charge of America's national debt, that nonsense is solved in 15 minutes. 15 minutes, we would have solved that. What are we doing here? Call it your boys. Let's just go. Let's just pack it in and go fix it. I'm done. I'm not picking this week. I refuse. Me too. Waste my time. You know what? Screw this. We're not picking. Uh, Let's have Evan and the Handman pick. What do you think? We're resting the starters this week. The backups are in. Resting the starters. 
all in the bag. So let's go, boys. Let's get right to it. Part Texans and Colts. Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold. You two are up. <laughs> I'm, boys, I'm go bo- for it. Texans are one-point favorites in Indianapolis tomorrow night. Yeah, we're riding with the uh, Texans in this one. We're going to go with the, the road favorite. Uh, like the Texans, C.J. Stroud's back. We're going to go Texans minus one at the Colts. Alrighty. Falcons at Saints. Saints three-point favorites at home for the Falcons because we're contractually obligated. Go. Uh, well, well, we learn from the best here. And so uh, to quote from the great Joe Fortenbaugh, punt the Falcons into the sun. We're taking the Saints minus the three. But that's not that's not quoting me. Uh, I say fire the team into the sun, not punt them into the look, sun. Look, I took uh, a creative liberty with it. Okay, that's fine. Who are you taking? I did, I, you Saints botched the line. I didn't even pay Saints, attention to the answer. The New Orleans Saints minus three. What an awful game that's going to be. Good pick. Oh, I don't know what to could say. Be, that's going to be awful. Could game. be for the division. Could be. If the Panthers the knock off the Bucks, Take the NFC South and fire them into the sun. Like I've said all season, get them out of here. Punt them. I am no. so done with these games. Punt them into the sun. <laughs> hey, man, stop your paraphrasing, okay? Bills and Dolphins. <laughs> Bills, three-point favorites in Miami. Fellas, what do we got? Big one here. Yeah, we're riding with another favorite here. I like the Bills minus three. I am all about the chaos that could happen if the Dolphins lose this week, blow the division, and they get knocked down the wild card, losing at Arrowhead in wild card weekend. I am all here for the Dolphins chaos. We'll take the Bills minus three. Chaos handicap. I like it. Mm. So there you go. Market's moving to two and a half, though. Market's moving to two and a half. Do their picks actually count against our record? Because yes. if they yeah, go we'll all in three in. and we're not 66%, I'm not going to feel good about that. If the Browns lose this week, it counts towards the Browns' record. Same thing with the Ravens okay. and everybody else. We're okay with it. We've yeah, you're already resting won. up for the playoffs, guys. You're yeah, resting up for the playoffs. I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not going to. Uh, listen, this was a marathon that we just won, and we yep. won in convincing fashion. I'm not going to go into some fluky baseball-like wild card game scenario against the rest of these radio shows and give them a chance to say, well, you won the regular season. We won the playoffs. We will not be the Dodgers. No, We've no, already no. won. I'm not doing anything the rest of the year. Exactly. Shut it down. Good night, everybody. Yeah. You're all going home losers. You guys handle the playoffs. Exactly. Playoffs are for losers. A huge night on the hardwood. Up the floor, James hammers a right hand dunk. Let's get caught up with Carlin versus Joe's NBA to Z. Aaron Gordon looks in, throws it off over to Jokic. Two seconds. He's across the timeline from 45 feet. You know, we only had two games last night, but they were ridiculous. Games. Awesome games. Oh my god. Nuggets 130, Warriors 127. That's the Jokic game winner on Altitude Radio Network out in Denver. How about this? Denver outscoring the Warriors 25 to 4 over the last 645 of the game to win it. Holy cow. Warriors with a 13-point lead entering the fourth quarter, rested on their home floor, and they let Jokic and the Nuggets do that to them. I know that this isn't the iteration of the Warriors we remember from years past, but good God, man, close the game out. You got to close the game out. And to have Jokic bury it in your eye for the game winner, he almost had a triple-double last night, 34-9-10, just a casual night at the office for the two-time MVP. Uh, here's Steph on what's wrong with the Warriors right now. Yeah. I think a big thing is, you know, when you're struggling to find out who you are or identify, you know, who you are as a team and what your identity is and how you actually win games and you play a team that knows who they are, um, like Denver and the 
think the three games we played them just come down to the wire pretty much every single time. They just have a chemistry that they know, you know whether they you know, make or miss shots, they know what they're trying to do, and we haven't established that. So when things start going wrong, there's a little bit of you know looking around, and you know that's it within our control to, to to figure that out. But too many situations, you know, like like tonight where you play a hell of a game and have nothing to show for it. I'll tell you what, that tells you a whole lot right there, Joe. You listen to that. What Steph is saying is that they have got their act together and they are basically what we were about three or four years ago. Yeah, he knows it because he used to live it. And now yep. he's seeing exactly what happens when the shoe's on the other foot. Hopefully, at least I feel this way, the Warriors can figure out a way to retool this thing so that they can at least get into the postseason and make some noise. I want Steph Curry in the playoffs. I want the stars on the big stage under the bright lights when it matters most. And the Warriors are just kind of treading some water. And this is what happens when you have aging veterans and you don't build well behind them. I get it, but I'd love for them to find a way to just be competent enough to get into the postseason and make some noise. Last year, that series against Sacramento was incredible. We want Steph Curry in the playoffs. He always delivers big moments. And then we had Wemby and Giannis. Giannis alone again. Can he do it twice? Yes, sir. Giannis back-to-back bombs. That was on WTMJ in Milwaukee. Giannis, 44-14, seven assists. It was Wemby's 20th birthday, and he looked pretty darn good at times. But I got to tell you, Giannis is Giannis, and that was a special performance, even though there was a moment, Joe, where Wemby just swatted away Giannis. I mean, that was awesome to watch. And we also just showed Wemby throwing it off the backboard to himself, which any other player in the NBA, it always looks so impressive. Given that he's 14 feet tall, it just kind of looked like me playing on my kids' like play set, right? Like you get to slam and jam, and you can be on your knees and you look fantastic playing on that thing. He's a freak show to watch, but I'll tell you, this is why when we're talking about gambling, you talk about situational spots. The the Bucks were 10 point favorites there. The Spurs were a good cover. Why? Third city in four nights, third game in four nights for the Bucks, who had played the night before. Giannis and Dame played 35 minutes each. The Spurs were rested. That's a good spot for San Antonio. Either way, awesome, awesome action yes. in just two games last night in the NBA. Comes down to week 18 for two teams next. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.